put our hands together. There's no shadow. There is no shadow that has ever overcome your life. There is no rival that could ever, that could ever stand against your might. You've always been with us. Every battle, every battle you've already won. We've already won. There is no weapon that has ever, that has ever defeated you. There is no army with the power to conquer truth, with the power to conquer truth. You've always been with us. Every battle, every battle you've already won. We've already won. Show me one thing. Show me one thing he can do. Show me a mountain he can move. He's the God of the breakthrough. Anything is possible. Show me one thing. Show me one thing that's too hard. Show me waters he can't part. He's the God of the breakthrough. Anything is possible. It's possible. There's a kingdom that's advancing at the speed of light. There is a kingdom that's advancing at the speed of light. And in his kingdom, every dead thing is bound to rise. Bound thing is bound to rise. Oh God, our Redeemer, he's faithful. He is faithful to revive. Oh, he will revive. Show me one thing he can do. Show me a mountain he can move. He's the God of the breakthrough. Anything is possible. So show me, show me one thing that's too hard. Show me waters he can't part. He's the God of the breakthrough. Anything is possible. It's possible. All right. So we respond and we're gonna we're gonna sing, we're gonna shout, we're gonna declare that all of my fear I will turn into praise. I'll shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance I will dance out in prayer in faith. I will crush disappointment and break every chain. Come on, church, let's stir it up. All of my fear I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment, break every chain. All of my fear I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment, break every chain. Come on, all of my fear I will turn into Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment, break every chain. All of my fear I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment, 
that it's not the end, it's the beginning. The beginning of things to come. The beginning of new life in us. The beginning of new seasons, greater depths, more intimacy with you, Father God, more dependency on you, and more power flowing through us day to day. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Fill us up, Lord because your promise is true and your word is true because you are faithful, God. And we remember what you have already done and we declare what you're doing and we speak out in faith for what you're about to do. Jesus, and in you, Jesus, 
sing that again. I've tasted and seen. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Oh, in your presence, your presence, Lord. Let's sing that again. I've tasted. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free. And my shame is undone. Oh, in your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Your presence. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware.
to do whatever you want to to do whatever you want to and I will make room for you to do whatever you want to to do whatever you want to I will make and I will make room for you to do whatever you want to to do whatever you want to and I will make room for you to do whatever you want to to do whatever you want to here's where I lay it down here is where I Paul writes about Christ living in me and a specific area I want to highlight is I'm crucified with I'm crucified with Christ and it, it is no longer I who live but it is Christ who lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live in faith the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Paul didn't write, I live in a Christ-like life, or I try to be more Christ-like. He highlighted Christ living. That is Christ doing the work in us, but we have to take down some walls. We have to be soft. We have to be moldable. There's a lie going out there that softness is a weakness. Softness, not a weakness. Like social media is attacking the teens of our generation, saying this is what it looks like to be a man. You have to stand up for yourself. You have to always be the aggressor, and it's tearing people apart. There's an internal conflict, and it's affecting households. Today, I challenge you, be soft. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues, put on love, 
which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let us put on love in every situation. That means putting on the brakes. Holy Spirit, how do I talk to my child today? My emotions are up to the ceiling. I have a baby boy now, and thank goodness we're not there yet where he could talk back. But we really need to have urgency in love. Let it not be something that's on our back burner and something we go to once we feel the pressure. Let it always just be flowing from us. But that means we have to seek Christ in all circumstances. Because again, Paul wrote, let Christ live in us. It's all about relationship and letting Christ live in us. So take down walls, any rigidity, rigidness that we have, and let it just be a softness that overwhelms Morgan Hill, Gilroy, and football season, I don't know, football people get up in arms and yeah, let's root on our team. NFL's playing soon, uh, the, I don't know when the finals are, but <laughs> I'm so out of loop with football. But there's things in our society that already amp us up emotionally and we need to be aware that we're not affected by the world, we affect the world because it's Christ dwelling in us. So make room in your mind, your heart, for Christ to really stir things up. Holy Spirit's going to guide daily, is guiding daily, is with our Poland team. And there's work for us to do here. It's not just uh, sending our Poland team out there and letting them do their stuff coming back. It's really, Lord, what is my spot in all of this? Have relationship with Christ. So we're going to sing this song again. Pastor Rebecca is going to lead us. And really have gratitude in your hearts, knowing that when you make room, Christ is claiming every area of that room. Our job is easy. Just lay it down, and he fills us up. And I will make room for you To do whatever you want to To do whatever you want to And I will make room for you To do whatever you want to do whatever you want to, and I will make room for you to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to, and I will make room for you to do whatever you to do whatever you want to. Here's where. Here is where I lay it down. You are all I'm chasing now. This is my surrender. 
Take a moment with the Lord. What do you need to lay down this morning in response to the exhortation? What do you need to confess and repent for? Jesus has already paid the price to cleanse us of all of our sin, but we get to come before the Lord and Him only to repent, to say, God, forgive me of this that I've done because I get to continue now with a clean slate because of what you have already done. So it's not an application. It's already been accepted. Your forgiveness, your cleansing, his goodness. We get to move forward with him. As we make room, let's sing, make, I will make, I will make room for you to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to. faithfulness and your goodness that you not only inspire us and model for us how to live but you live it through us Lord if we allow you to for that's your desire to be one with us as we move that we partner with you God and we get to go against culture and we get to show the world what your love, what your truth looks like and sounds like. We get to be the glimpse of heaven that, that the world wants to see, God, and that they need to see of you. I believe that today there are souls that you will encounter, God, that God will put in your, um, in your way, in your path that you will get to minister to, that there is a seed inside of them of heaven that they're searching for. And as you take the step of faith and take that risk with the Holy Spirit to 
approach them and to bring up the subject of your faith and your relationship with Jesus, that they'll say, this is what I've been looking for. This sits right with me. I didn't know, but this is it. Now that you've shared with me, this is what I've wanted and needed my whole life. And no one's ever told me. No one's ever shown me. But I believe. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for salvation today. We thank you, Lord, for deliverance today. We thank you, Lord, for forgiveness today. We thank you, Lord, for clean slates today. We thank you, Lord, for a new season today. We thank you, Lord, for a new revelation of you today and a new word from you today. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. All right, go ahead and welcome one another. Shake hands, give hugs, high fives. And then we'll have Michael come up and give announcements. You know, the Bible says that I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. How many of you are glad to be here this morning? Amen. Amen. We want to welcome all of our first-time visitors. If you're a first-time visitor, there's cards behind the pew that you can fill out with some information. Um, just go ahead and drop it in the offering as it goes by. Uh, we have a lot to get to. Amen. We have a lot going on, as we always do. Um, I just want to remind you that we do have the Israel trip. Um, coming up, and it's not too late if you're still interested. That's going to be May 21st through the 30th in 2024. Um, it's $4,800 a person. So if you are interested, that includes round trip, dinner, breakfast, stay, everything. Um, if you're interested, please contact Pastor David. Um, there's a link in your email also that you can you can look at. Um, so if you are interested, look to that. Um, men's and women's retreats. How many of you are excited to go on this retreat? I believe I read that the women's is already booked in full. So I think they're more excited than us men, huh? So men, there's still room if you want to sign up. Um, invite somebody, invite a son, invite a, invite a cousin, a brother, a father. Um, let them know, bless them. Amen. If God puts it on your heart, bless them to come. It's an awesome time to 
get together as men and women in Christ, um, that you guys are able to fellowship, but not just that, you go deeper in your relationship with Christ. Amen. So I encourage you, men is going to be October 6th through the 8th, and the women is going to be October 13th through the 15th. So back-to-back weeks. Amen. Um, also, we do have our Wednesday night Crossroads Connect. Um, that's our men's, women's, and our youth um, get-together Bible studies, um, youth play games and stuff like that. But our men's and women's are doing Bible study. We have Cam um, doing the men's, and we have Angie Martinez doing the women's. So I encourage you, during the week, it's important that we stay, um, we stay fed. We stay in His Word. And when we get together on a Wednesday night, it brings encouragement, man, to our soul and to one another. So um, Wednesday nights, that's at 7 o'clock. So I encourage you all to come out and enjoy that. And our global partner of the week is Light Life Freedom. Amen. Amen. That's Jody and Pradeep out there. And they rescue children from sex trafficking over there. They need our prayers. Amen. They go out into the streets over there into the slums over there and, and they do God's work out there so I encourage you as they continue to get persecuted um, out there I encourage you to keep them in prayer I encourage you to give if God puts it on your heart to give give amen towards this they do an awesome thing for God and I just want to lift them up now our if you looked around and you noticed man there's there's where's all our women at where do they go well God is using them in Poland amen and I'm going to continue to ask you to keep them in prayer on this Polish trip. Um, they've been traveling around there. I've heard a little bit, and I know some of uh, some of the husbands are lonely and cold at night, but and they miss their wives dearly. Some of them, I'm not going to say who, but it's like, man, I got to eat better because I'm eating cereal and fast food and Randy back there waving his hand. But I know he misses Rhonda dearly, but I just want to say, keep them in prayers. Amen. I know some of them were feeling under the weather. Just pray for health, pray for strength, but most importantly that God would use them to change lives over there. Amen. And reach that nation. Amen. As he's doing the work over there. Um, tithes and offering. God blesses this house. And he says, I will bless, I will bless your storehouse. I will keep it full. Amen. And it's because of faithfulness. It's because of the faithfulness and I encourage you be faithful be faithful in giving be faithful in your tithes and your offering amen and you'll see what God will do in your life amen so father in Jesus name Lord we just thank you for what you're doing in this house Lord we say bless this offering father God that it, it would go out and accomplish what you uh, whatever you would have it accomplished father God Lord that it would grow father God in Jesus name amen And I will make room for you to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to. And I will make room for you to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to. Good morning, Crossroads. We have a special 
guest who's near and dear to Crossroads Heart. Um, she was here long before me, and uh, Rebecca, Pastor Rebecca and her have many stories. Uh, Lacey Leota, <laughs> and she's going to be speaking today. They are, she'll have her story, I'm sure, of what they're currently doing, but they are missionaries that we support in Lebanon, and she has a beautiful, wonderful family, and just give a round of applause as she comes up. Thank you so much, Crossroads. It is great to be here with you this wonderful morning of worship. Praise the Lord. And before we get started today, I just want to open in prayer. I know we've been praying, but would you stand to your feet with me one more time? I believe that the Lord has a special gift for you today. You know, as I was praying for you the last two months, pastors David and Lynn asked me to come about two months before they said we're going to be in Poland would you come I'm like are you sure they're like yes the Lord wants to speak a word through you so I'm like okay Lord then I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast and I'm going to see what do you want to say to Crossroads and I really believe that there's this precious presence of the Holy Spirit that he says this is my church body here that has given out so much and I want to give to them and pour out my blessings upon them as they give out to the nations so we're going to pray today at the in we're also going to have kind of a corporate time it might be a little different kind of a corporate time of response and we're going to praise our way out of this building today and of course I'm available after in case I forget to say it but I will be more than willing and happy to pray with anybody that would like prayer and agreement today so would you join me in prayer would you just pray that the Lord would have his way let's just go ahead and lift our voices to heaven all of us lift out loud if you want to pray in your prayer language you want to just pray English whatever language you want to pray and Lord we just thank you today. Heavenly Father, you are worthy. You are so faithful, so good. You are the good, good Father. We praise you, Lord, for what you have done, for what you are doing right in this moment here and in Poland and around the nations, Lord, with our partners in India and all throughout the Middle East. Lord, you are faithful, and thank you that we get to be a part of what you're doing, each and every one of us, Lord. And Lord, we thank you for what you will do, Lord. We trust you. You are a good, good Father. And Lord, Lord, I pray you would speak your word to your people today in your precious name. If you agree, say amen. 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 If you, while you're sitting, sitting down, um, please go ahead and greet the person next to you. If there's someone next to you, say marhaba. That's <laughs> how we say hello in the Middle East. Marhaba. <laughs> First time I said, I was like, mar, mar, what? Marhaba. So it just means hello. But uh, we are there in the Middle East, like Pastor Nick said. And because of our local partners and mainly our new believers, I'm going to be changing some names around. Um, and I'm not going to be saying our exact location because we do have friends that are still serving there right now as we speak. And we have a lot of, praise the Lord, new believers. So we want to share the story. Um, also, Alvin, my husband, 
um, cannot be here today. So he apologizes and sends his love. We will be here. We'll be back here for all the Christmas activities. And I'm sure you'll see us many more times. We have five kiddos. And one of them, our littlest one, is very sick today and was, has been sick all weekend. And also our pastors that live next door to us at the Assemblies of God Church in Los Lomas are out with COVID. So they kind of did an emergency call. Can you please come and preach today? So we said yes. And we're dividing, but still both <laughs> ministering. And so uh, thank you for understanding. He will be with us next time. So today we're talking about running with giants. And when Pastor David asked me for a title, that title kept coming back to me as a prophetic word to this Crossroads family that the Lord has called you to run with giants. Now we've all heard the stories of slaying giants and you know whatever it may be whether it's a generational habit in our lives or whether it's something that we've struggled with whatever it could be but we've heard the stories of slaying giants and I do believe that's important but also the Lord has called us to run with giants. So today I'm going to share part testimonies, part uh, the word and then we're going to have a response time. But when I was my son Izzy is here today with me. This is Izzy. So when I was Izzy's age, I remember going on my very first mission trip to Mexico, to Tijuana. And I came from the Seattle area. So do we have anybody from Tijuana here? Family in Tijuana? Amen. <laughs> Gloria a Dios. So that was my first mission trip. And it was a choir tour. Now anybody that knows me, Pastor Rebecca is probably laughing because I'm like, are you sure the microphone's on mute during worship? I am not. Um, I do not sing well, I guess, in my opinion. So, but I wanted to join this youth choir, and I was so excited about going to all these places and singing, and we had a drama team. I think the drama team was really more uh, my style, my gifting. So we did skits, and we'd go to all these churches up and down the West Coast, and we ended in Tijuana. And I just remembered those youth were so on fire. I was almost like, what am I doing here? I need to be more like them. They're the ones blessing me, and often times that's the case when we go on mission trips. How many of you have experienced that? Say, I was blessed to go on a mission trip. I know I have everywhere that we've gone in the world. I'm just so blessed by the local believers who are often in very difficult situations, whether physically or spiritually. Um, and so it was the case still there that they were such a blessing to me. And while we were headed home, my youth pastor he was preaching at a small church somewhere in this area in Northern California, and he stopped. He said, the Lord is calling some of you to go into vocational ministry, and he stopped, and he turned around and looked at us choir. He's calling some of you youth, and the Holy Spirit just overwhelmed me in that moment. I sensed his presence anew on me, and I just began to weep, and I knew the Lord was calling me to missions, to serve, to give my life, to go live in different nations. And I began to cry, and he said, come on down to the altar. So I ran from the top of that little risers down to the altar, altar similar to this, and I was just weeping and weeping. And I remember, and maybe some of you may relate today, I remember feeling, who am I to go? Because my heroes, the giants of faith that I knew, 
were missionaries. I grew up at a church that loved missions, and there was the Buntains who served in, at that time, Calcutta, India, for years and decades, and they would minister to the poor, the dying. They opened hospitals and churches and schools, and just they were larger than life. They were larger than life. And I didn't know it at that moment, but the Lord said, I'm calling you to run with your giants. And we know that now, you know, now I look and say, they're my heroes. But I know that, okay, God uses ordinary people who are willing. He uses the shepherd boys. He uses the people that are in captivity even. He uses each and every one of us if we're willing. And so I believe the Lord has a special word today about running with giants. Um, so my family couldn't be here today. I do have some pictures. I'm not sure if the slides are able to work. Okay, yes, awesome. So this is my family standing in the olive groves there by the Assemblies of God Church in the Middle East. And there's Izzy, who is here today, our 14-year-old. And then Judah, hi, Izzy, you can say hi to everybody. <laughs> He's like, Mom. Um, Judah, who's 12. Glory is just turned 10. Jordan is 6. And then our little baby, Faith, who was born in Lebanon. Thank you for sending us. Oops, I said the name. But um, thanks for sending us to the Middle East. We appreciate your prayers, your giving, your love. So many of you reached out. We even had times of prayer with the Tongues of Fire service where you guys would pray for us, where you would uh, encourage us. And thank you for giving. You're one of the first churches to help give a seed when we were going to Egypt to learn Arabic. So thank you for giving. I want to show you today some of the faces of those that you've been giving towards. So we have been serving in the Middle East for a few years now. And like I mentioned, at first we were in Egypt, then we moved to a different location. And here is part of our student club from our conversation clubs. And this was for an iftar. So we celebrated with them their breaking of the fast. Now they knew that we did not believe in Ramadan, like we didn't worship the same way that we believed something different, but they asked if we could do a breaking of the fast. And then after that, they wanted to come over monthly and have a time together. So we did taco nights with them, Thanksgiving, and even Christmas. So six times a week, uh, Alvin and I and some other team members are going in to this dangerous part of the area where there's uh, Sunni and Alawites, and there's even Shias, and there's all these different groups uh, there, and they're clashing. And it's beautiful because for those English clubs, they come together. And we asked, we began, the first thing that we did when we got there as a team, we began to pray. We get, began to ask the Lord, how can we serve this community? And we began to ask neighbors. And they all said, can you teach English? We've never had a native English speaker. So we're like, okay, that's we can do that. So we began to do these English convo clubs that now meet six times a week. And through that, during the Christmas time, many, many of the students asked, they asked, how, what is the story of Christmas? I know Christmas is about Santa Claus, right? And we're like, no, it's not about Santa Claus. Let me tell you. So I began to tell them about the church play that I used to be in. That was a nativity growing up. And they said, we want to hear more of this story. And then I was able to share the gospel message. Alvin and I and our team were able to share through that Christmas message. And they continued to meet as we're here. Um, the next picture there is of, I was very pregnant there, so 
That's why I'm like sitting down, but teaching English at our center there. And we're getting ready to open up a new center in the heart of this area that will be uh, ran by our team. And that way we can offer even more and even some art classes. And many of these students have been through horrific things like bombings and uh, they live in a very dangerous area. So we're praying to be able to offer them some classes and maybe even counseling. Of course, the goal is always to share the gospel. So here is Alvin with some of his friends. The young man in the middle has shared his story all over the world, but his name is Yosef, and he was a, a staunch Muslim whose dad came to Christ and then led him to Christ, and now Alvin and him go out and meet with Muslim men all over in cafes. In fact, Yosef still goes into the mosques, and he begins to proclaim and share Jesus. So he has been greatly persecuted and at times is taken and beaten for his faith. So we pray, pray for this brother in Christ. And he has been uh, trying to learn the Bible, trying to go to Bible school. So pray that the Lord will continue to equip him and that these young men in the picture with them, the ones with the beards, are the ones that uh, do not yet know Christ. But they were sharing the story of Jesus with them that day. Here's a picture that Alvin took. It's kind of a weird picture, but if you look towards the back, uh, Alvin and some of our other missionary friends went out, and they went into the Palestinian camp. They were invited. There's been a lot of clashes going on in the Palestinian camps, so we pray for peace. But during that time, there was a man who had a vision of Jesus. In fact, he had a vision of Jesus 20 years before, and he named his son Jesus. Can you believe that? So one of our friends was in line waiting for gasoline. That takes a long time. And he began to ask him, um, okay, so why is your son named Jesus? This isn't a normal, like, Arab name. Why is your son named Jesus? He said, because I had a vision of Jesus, the good prophet. And so our friend asked, could Alvin and I come and share uh, about Jesus with your family? He has nine kids, and they gave this Bible to him. It was wrapped up, and the daughter there in the back came and grabbed the Bible, ripped it open. She goes, I want to know about the God of this Bible. And she held it so dearly to her chest. They all began to read the Bible, and they met for a time. I've gone back and met several times after that. So we're praying that this family would come to know Jesus. So here is a picture of some beautiful new believers and some that we're still praying for. And over here, those of you that are familiar, we have former a whole former Shia family and a Sunni young woman and then a woman from Madagascar who married a Muslim that came to know Jesus. So, and then we have our girls and, and me there. So this is like a miracle. To have these people come sit down together is only the work of Jesus Christ. Because they are enemies literally clashing. Literally the wars that we see on the news are happening between these groups of people as we speak right now. And so we pray for these young ladies. The one that's holding faith, we'll call her uh, Miranda. She is a fiery evangelist. I talked to her this week. She said, please ask your churches to pray for my family, my fiance and I. We've been going through a lot, but we're trying to share the good news. Please pray for us. So we'll be praying for her today. Her sister just came to know the Lord. The cousin in the black there has not yet come to know the Lord. The mom used to sneak to church 
every week. And finally, her husband cut off, where are you going on Sunday mornings? Where are you going? And some relative followed her and said, aha, you've been going to church. And she says, yes, I have. They said, rebuke Jesus. And she said, I will not deny Jesus. He is my Lord and Savior. And so the family had a choice to either get rid of her or divorce her. And the husband loved her. So he said, no, you can stay. And then she started to take one daughter after another daughter and then started to share with the son. And the daughter-in-law came to know Jesus. Now the son and daughter-in-law are going to church. It's just amazing. It just takes one person, right? It takes one person to bring a family to the Lord. And so she's been faithful. The woman next to me, um, she was barren for seven years seven years. Now, this is a difficult story. Has the Lord ever done a miracle and you don't understand why, what happened? And this young woman, she began to pray and ask if we could pray for a baby for her. And it's a complicated story, but the Lord is at work. And so she began to pray and she asked for prayer. My mom was visiting at the time and we prayed for her and we invited her into our home. She helped and we prayed. And about a month later, she called with the news that she was indeed pregnant. Um, however, during that time, it was very, she was extremely sick and we would go and visit her, pray for her. We uh, began to share the husband, allowed us to come in and wanted to know the whole gospel. How did this happen? We know it was Jesus and began to share the gospel. Now, during this time, a few months later, she lost the baby and we don't understand to this day. I don't know. Did she really lose the baby? Did her husband say enough with these people? We don't know. But then she lost she lost her father, and she went back to her home village, and when she was there, Jesus appeared to her in a vision and said, I am Jesus. I am the light. And my friend, Jenny, who's still over in Lebanon, she asked, Jenny, Jenny, you'll never believe what happened. Jesus appeared to me. And she said before that, I feel like Allah has forgotten about me. Allah has cursed me or something, you know, because of what happened with the baby and the father. But through all this heartache, the Lord is still good. The Lord is being faithful to her. So we're praying that this sister would come to know Jesus. And she's so close. In fact, Jenny and I continually, my partner, missionary friend in, in the Middle East, we continue to pray that the Holy Spirit would reveal himself to her and he is he's revealing so, so continue to pray for this sister for this loved one um this is an amazing story i had to block his face because right now he's in extreme danger but he's in the lord's hand but this man sam was a waiter at a restaurant. And that's why I want you to remember to always be nice to your waiters. <laughs> always be nice to your waiters. Also, you never know when there's going to be an opportunity to share the gospel. And I, I, I don't apologize, but I am taking a little while to share these stories with you because these are your stories. You know, you give to missions. You get to hear uh, Pastor David and Pastor Lynn and the teams come back. But there's areas that you give and you just send us and you bless us and you pray for us. But I want you to hear the stories today and know that you are a part of this. Someday you're going to meet Sam in heaven and he'll be able to share his full story. And a part of his story is going to be about you giving, you praying, you helping send us so that we can reach out to him. So he was, you know, a, a waiter when he was a young man, about 30 years before, he had prayed and Jesus showed, again, revealed himself. Jesus is revealing himself in the Middle East. He is revealing himself. 
And he began to ask local priests and local religious leaders, imams, people, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And the priests even sent him away. I cannot judge them, but they sent him away, said, no, we're not going to tell you you're a Muslim. We cannot begin to share with you who Jesus is. Other people sent him away. And finally, one day, there was a group of our team in his restaurant, and he began to say, there's something different about you. And so one of our friends just boldly proclaimed, well, I'm a Christian. I'm a, a believer. He goes, what does that mean? And he goes, I have been waiting most of my life to hear this good news. So he met up with Alvin and our friend here, and they began to share the gospel over some coffee, and he said, I am ready to receive. And they go, no, 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 Sam, I don't think you understand. Like, I don't think you understand what this is. He goes, nope, I've been waiting over 30 years here. I am ready to receive the gospel. And then he went out to share with some of his family members. Now his uh, sister-in-law, brother, are saved, amen. One is a, a Palestinian refugee, and the other is there locally, praise the Lord. And then as they were leading these two, to Sam, his brother and sister-in-law, to the Lord, all of a sudden the other brother comes in and he's furious and he's saying, what's going on? What are you doing? What are you reading? And he goes, we're reading the story of Jesus. He goes, good, because I want to know who Jesus is too. And he gave his life to the Lord that day. So the Lord is working. You know, we see the news. We see the bad things that are happening, but we don't always hear the God stories. And the Lord is working in powerful and mighty ways so thank you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for sending our family to be boots on the ground. And I believe the Lord, just like he is calling our family to run with giants, where I thought, no, Lord, who am I to go? I believe the Lord is calling you today. And it may not be to the mission field in the Middle East, but it might be in the mission field in, in a different way, in a unique way. The Lord may be calling you to run with giants. So we're going to dive in to the word of the Lord today. We're going to look at three different incredible people that the Lord used. And most of them are very familiar to you. And I won't go into the whole stories, but you can go home and read and uh, hear their stories for yourself. But we're going to look at Daniel, Esther, and Mordecai. And they're all powerful people who often had, often had leadership opportunities thrust upon them, even if they did not ask for them. So I believe we have a picture of Daniel there, and I just, there was so much artwork about these uh, three amazing two men and one woman of God, and this just really spoke to my heart, because I loved his prayer, his heart for prayer. Okay, so we're looking at this life of Daniel. Now, Daniel was a powerful, powerful man of God. And we think of all the amazing things that Daniel went through. We think of the lion's den. Maybe you even think of his friend Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, a little bit about Daniel was that his name means, actually in Hebrew, his name is a compilation of three words that means God is my judge. And he really lived that out. He was taken as a child to serve uh, the king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar. So this is a young man that was actually what we would consider trafficked in his day. Later, he was called Belshazzar, which meaning war admiral or God will help. 
He was faithful in the face of being displaced and persecuted. He actually served at least five kings that we know about. Nebuchadnezzar, evil Merodach, Belshazzar, Darius, and Cyrus. And through his service, the kingdom would see the glory of God. They saw the faithfulness of God. Now, I apologize. I have some scriptures here today that we're going to go through. But however, um, some of them are looking a little small. So you might want to open up your Bible today. Apologize for that. But we're going to go to Daniel 1, 1 through 5. Okay, I'm trying to make it bigger even on my end. And I'm using the NIV on the slides, but you can read whatever version you have. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. So this is right after the first siege. And the Lord delivered uh, Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands. Remember that Judah had been disobedient to the Lord at this time. Along with some of the articles from the temple of God, these he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure of the house of God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and nobility, young, uh, for young, handsome, sorry, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king um, assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from from the king's table. They then were to be trained for three years. After that, they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, known as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, or Daniel and as you may know them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as they were later called. So we see this tragic story of of this young man that was trafficked, pulled from his home, thrust into this service. He easily could have tried to stay in the background. He easily could have been a victim. He could have said, woe is me, God, how could he could have cursed God and died there? But instead, he chose to live his life for the Lord in a displaced area amongst people he did not know with his friends that were taken as children and put in the service of the king. This was a time where he had a choice to make, and he chose to live righteously for the Lord. Um, in Daniel 1, 17 and 19, it says, To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. I truly believe that the Lord blessed Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because they were willing to serve him in a difficult place. They didn't say, oh, I give up, this is too hard, or I don't want to be here, you know. I have to be honest, there was days in the Middle East where it was like, Lord, this is hard. 
in my physical flesh, I was like, I don't want to be here right now. But the Lord was faithful, and the Lord will be faithful to you. He will give you the wisdom. He will give you the wisdom. I know there are some here that may feel like, who am I, Lord? And as I was praying and worshiping, there was even some that the Lord said, feel like the woman who was caught in adultery, full of shame. Who am I, Lord? Who am I, Lord, to run with your jives? Who am I, Lord, to go do what you've called me to do? Who am I, Lord? And the Lord is saying that shame is not from me, that victimhood is not from me. You are a child of the king, that you are to live. And Jesus said to the woman caught in adultery, let the, first, the person who has sinned cast the first stone, right? It was without sin. Let the person who is without sin, and he, Jesus showed the love of Christ to that woman in the same way the Lord shows his abundant love and mercy to you. He knows that we are human and we are to walk with him. But we see what he does in Daniel's life because Daniel decided not to be a victim. Daniel decided not to uh, just stay in the background, be a wallflower, just survive. Have you ever been in a survival mentality? So many people that we live near in the Middle East are in the survival mentality. And one thing that Alvin and I and our team tries to do is break them out of that. Of course, to live for Jesus, but also even in their vocation, they're just walking around, oh, what's the point? There's no point. There's war. There's chaos. Woe is me. And the Lord doesn't want us to live that way. The Lord wants us to live victorious. He has a plan. So wherever the Lord has put you, and when you feel like you're being thrust upon into maybe a leadership position or a position you didn't see opening, the Lord says he is positioning you. And he was positioning Daniel. So he gave them this gift of learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. The Lord will give you the wisdom. He'll also give you the spiritual gifts that you need. He will equip you. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found that none equaled None were equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. So they entered to the king's service. So the Daniel anointing, his anointing was wisdom and divine knowledge from God. See, this is a gift, an anointing from the Lord. He was influencer over kings and kingdoms. The Lord is calling some of you to be an influencer, but not in the like way maybe we think of in the secular way where there's all these influencers, there's influencer pastors, there's influencers. I told my husband, Whoa, I can't keep up with all that. I'm just not cool enough, you know. I don't know. There's like something not in any way against but like sneakers and preachers. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't have any cool sneakers. I'm just going to be a preacher kind of thing. So, so not that it's bad if you do have cool sneakers. But um, I was just, okay, Lord. But the Lord's going to open opportunities for you to be an influence in your workplace, in your ministry, wherever the Lord has called you, in your family. Do you remember the story of Miranda? It just took one person. Her mom started going to church and then led them. Do you remember the story of Sam? He became radically saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized, and then he went and told his family and led a bunch of his families. It just takes one to change the atmosphere, to be righteous, When everybody else is going the way of the world, go the way with God. And the Lord is saying to you, Crossroads, that the Lord has set you up. He's positioning you to be an influence in your society and into the kingdoms and territory that he's given you influence over. 
Maybe there's something that the Lord is opening up right now, and you don't understand why is this opening, or I don't want to do that, or that seems difficult. But the Lord is saying, step through the open doors that I've opened to you. He revealed God in the darkness. He displayed the power of God in a foreign land. And we see that over and over again in Daniel's story, especially with Daniel in the lion's den, right? He was supposed to be eaten. We see it with visions where the king had said, I have a vision. And if you guys can't tell me this vision, then you're all going to die and your family's going to die. And they said, this is impossible. This is impossible, but nothing is impossible for the Lord. When the Lord calls you to run with giants, it will feel impossible because it will be impossible without the Holy Spirit. Walk into the doors that he has opened for you, even when those doors seem so unlikely. We're going to look at Queen Esther, and this is a picture I found um, online. Just, I just believe Queen Esther was so beautiful inside and out. Queen Esther's original name was Hadassah, meaning myrtle tree, which was associated actually in the Old Testament with the prophets and prophetic, with peace, love, and prosperity, and most of all with righteousness. She was a righteous young lady, and I really feel for Queen Esther because she was put into the king's harem. I always think, what would have happened if she wouldn't have become queen? She would have just remained there. It would have been a very difficult life. She, again, was put in a situation that she probably didn't want to be in. Her name was later changed to Esther, which actually in Persian means star. And the Lord used her as a star in that nation and to save her people she walked through many tragedies. She was an orphan. She was also displaced, placed in King Xerxes' harem, faced the possible desolation of her people, and concealed her family and identity as a child of God. So we see that she had walked through a lot of pain. Maybe some of you have walked through pain in whichever way. And the Lord is saying to you, he wants to change that pain. He wants to change that pain to dancing and to joy. He wants to use the pain that you've experienced, though he didn't want that pain to come to you. He wants to use it for you to be a blessing to others. And I'm going to go ahead and read out of my Bible, which is a different version. But it's Esther 2, 7 through 12. Mordecai was the legal guardian of his cousin, Hadassah. That is Esther. Because, uh, sorry, starting, yes, that's right. Uh, because she had no father or mother. The young woman had a beautiful figure and was extremely good looking. When her father and mother died, Mordecai had adopted her as his own daughter. When the king's command and edict became public knowledge, and when many young women were gathered at the fortress of Susa under Haggai's supervision, Esther was taken to the palace into the supervision of Haggai, keeper of the women. The young woman pleased him and gained his favor so that he accelerated the process of her beauty treatments and the special diet that she received. He assigned seven hand-picked female servants to her from the palace and transferred her to, and her servant to the harem's best 
quarters. So the Lord gave her favor in that area. Esther did not reveal her ethnicity or her family background because Mordecai had ordered her not to make them known. Every day, Mordecai took a walk in from the harem's courtyard to learn how Esther was doing and to see what was happening with her. So we see this story. We see how the Lord provided somebody to help equip her. So those of you that know me know a little bit of the story. You've seen me around for a long time. Actually, Alvin and I used to visit when uh, Pastor Scott was here, and then, of course, the Talaveras are dear friends of ours. So we've been around the Crossroads family for a long time. But when I was a young woman, and the Lord had called me to missions, the Lord didn't just say, boop, there you go, out the door, go to the Middle East. Hope you make it. Like, you know, he provided people to help along the way. And some of those people who I love so dearly are your pastors, Pastor David and Lynn. At that time, they were at what was then Calvary Temple, which is now the house in Modesto. If you didn't know, they had a Bible school there. And now I know that Bible school has, like, exploded and is part of Southeastern. But they had a missions program and a missions intern. And I was one of their first missions interns. And I was this little scared girl that said, the Lord's called me to be a missionary. And so pastors David and Lynn began to teach the word. We had Bible classes in the morning, serving in the afternoon, work in the evening because I had to work to put myself through. The Lord provided a good job where I could work with kids. And then on the weekends, we would travel with pastors David and Lynn, and they would teach us, teach us how to pray with people, teach us how to use our giftings for the Lord, teach us. We'd go on mission trips with them to Sri Lanka and Singapore and beautiful places and begin to learn about the power of the Lord. Now, remember, I just want to stop to share this testimony of the power of the Lord. One time, uh, Pastor David and Lynn's daughter, daughter, Phoebe, as many of you know who knows Phoebe. Yeah, I think some of you remember Phoebe. She moved a while ago with her kiddos, but they asked us to come be a part. We were all on a team, a youth team and a women's team for a women's conference in Sri Lanka. And Pastor Lynn is up there preaching, and she's like, okay, now, those of you that have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want you to line up here, and you're going to go into the other room. Now, we had no warning other than to be prayed and ready to serve. You know, I thought I was going to be serving, maybe picking up trash after, or maybe helping Pastor Lynn with something, maybe setting up chairs. She goes, you're going to go with Phoebe and Lacey to the other room outside, and they're going to pray for you, and you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I was like, oh, okay, Lord, thank you. And I had been baptized in the Holy Spirit um, when I was a little girl. But I was just like, okay, Lord, well, this is Holy Spirit. You're going to have to show up. You're going to, I don't even know how to do this. Like, I don't know. I feel like usually there's like a youth camp. And then last night is the bat, and you've been teaching for five days. You've been rebuking the demons out, you know, of the youth. They've been getting saved all over. And then the last night, they might be ready to receive the Holy Spirit. And that's in no way making fun of it. This was my thought, literally, at the time. And I just remember, like, we didn't have time to talk about it. Like, Pastor Lynn was on the stage. We were way over there, and she just had this. And I feel like all these ladies just shoving us, um, if you know the culture over there, they're just, like, excited. And they're literally, like, shoving us out the door, shoving us out the door. And then <laughs> we get to this outside. It's not a room. It's just a little covered tin roof. And we begin. I said, Phoebe, did she tell you about this? She goes, no, I thought she told you about this. It's like, I don't know what to do. She goes, well, we better just pray for them. 
let the Holy Spirit do his thing. So we did, I don't even remember what we did, but we just began to pray. We began to pray and we said, okay. And we didn't even know, do they speak English? Like we didn't know. So I don't remember if there was a translator there. I, just, I don't think so. We just said, everybody, lift your hands. So they all at once lift their hands and said, pray to the Lord. Begin to worship the Lord and ask him for the Holy Spirit. And Phoebe said, pray to the Lord. And so we said, we're going to pray for you and the Holy Spirit's going to come. They go, okay, okay. And so we begin to pray. And like a mighty rushing wind, I kid you not, here was these two little girls. I think I was 19 and Phoebe was 16 at the time. 20 and 16, and we began to pray, and we heard a wind that was, I kid you not, like a freight train going through, and those women were instantly heard them speaking in Tamil and all these different languages, and then they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and immediately we heard this change in the atmosphere, and I just share that story with you, because these aren't just stories from the Bible. The Lord wants to do a mighty work through your life, and you know what? He chose you, just like he chose Esther. In fact, um, we're going to skip ahead, but Mordecai, her uncle who, or cousin who raised her, says, you know, that, that hey, there's this plot. Your people are going to be killed. And he even warns her um, in, I believe it's Esther, um, let's see, 9, 1 and 2, that he warns her that the victory is going to come, that the Lord will provide a Savior for these people. But if you don't stand up, that you and your family are going to perish. Like if you're not willing to, the Lord wants to use you, Esther. But if you're not willing, the Lord will bring somebody else. And the Lord is saying that to you today that are you willing? Are you willing to stand up? And I know that so many of you serve, but the Lord is going to open greater opportunities. In fact, the Lord is even going to send some of you out like he sent Daniel and Esther, and are you willing to be used of the Lord in great ways? Even when you feel like, I'm not equipped, the Lord will bring people. Just like he brought Mordecai to Esther, Mordecai could have left Esther. He could have just left her. He could have abandoned her or pretend like they didn't know each other. But every day he met with her and gave her wisdom. And it's been like over 20 years now that Pastor David and Lynn have been encouraging us. And they just met with my husband and I a few weeks ago and just prayed with us and helped impart wisdom to us for our ministry. You all have been praying with us. The Lord doesn't send you alone into the lion's den. He is with you. He doesn't send you alone to rule over a kingdom. He is with you, but he'll also give you real people to speak wisdom. So we see the Esther anointing. She was a peacemaker. And the Lord is calling some of you to be a peacemaker. And that's different than a peacekeeper, okay? Uh, a peacemaker actually uproots the evil, subdues the enemy. And in Arabic, the word salam means something different than what we think of. You know, I was watching something silly, some silly meme or something came across it was like, uh, what do you want? It was like a Miss Universe pageant. What do you want? World peace. What do you want? World peace. They all said, each contestant, world peace. And we think of, or at least I think of, world peace from a Western perspective as like everybody's happy, everybody's singing kumbaya, everybody's laughing, everybody's dancing together. But actually, in this context, it means like we see the picture of Jesus crushing the devil, the serpent's head. That in the Middle East is what peace means. So you see the violence going on in the Middle East. They're saying we are peacemakers. I'm not going to say the group's name because this is live stream, but we live very close to an organization that would be considered a terrorist group in 
our Western perspective, and they would say, we are the peacemakers of this land. We are the gatekeepers. We are the protectors, and we see them as different. And I'm not saying what they do is right. I'm saying in the Middle Eastern perspective, the actual to be a peacemaker is to crush the enemy. He wants you to uproot evil in your society. Her anointing was to uproot the evil, to bring it to light. And that doesn't mean that we do it in a hateful or spiteful or mean way. We see this beautiful young woman that so graciously went to the king and just exposed the plot, right? The Lord will show you the way, and he'll show you a way to do it in grace and in love, but that will expose the work of the enemy. And she was a protector of the innocent, those that didn't have a voice. The Lord is calling you to be a protector of the innocent. Really quickly, we're just going to look at Mordecai, and then we're going to we're going to get ready to pray. Again, this is an overlapping story. So Mordecai, we know that he was the cousin who adopted Queen Esther Hadassah and prepared her. His name actually at that time in Hebrew meant little man, bitter, crushed, oppressed. How would you like to be like, hey, your name is little man. Hi, my name's Bitter. I'm here today to be your manager. No, I don't know. It's just like, hi, my name is Crushed and I'll be preaching to you today <laughs> or oppressed. I mean, that's not a great, you don't want to go in with that name, right? But he was humble. He served for many years in the background, humility, he saved the king's life at times. Um, he was humble and faithful. And the Lord is calling you to be humble and faithful. Some of you have been humble and faithful in your position. And the Lord says, watch out, I'm going to get ready to open up. I'm going to thrust upon you all of a sudden this opportunity. And you need to walk through it. You need to take it. You need to seize it. Today's your day to seize the day. He was a counselor of King Xerxes of Persia, but later after he exposed, which I didn't even realize, I knew he was promoted, but later when he exposed Haman's evil plot, he actually became his visor, which is equivalent to a modern-day prime minister. So here we see Mordecai, who is just faithful, and the Lord puts him in this amazing um, spot of leadership. And he was ready. He had trained. He was repaired. And when that opportunity came, he was given the prime ministership over Babylonia. He was fourth generation living in exile. And I think this is important because maybe some of you have generation after generation after generation that has lived in some type of exile or some type of spiritual prison or some type. Maybe you say, well, I'm not the right type of person or I don't come from the right family to be a pastor or I'm not like from an educated family to be the CEO or I'm not like a teacher, like I don't come, whatever it may be. The Lord is saying that he can use you, he wants to use you and you'll be able to minister to the people and have greater compassion because you know what it's like to walk in that imprisonment. You know what it's like to be set free from that. So he was not like Daniel, who Daniel was taken straight from his land and displaced. He actually had grown up generation after generation. There probably wasn't a living person around Mordecai that knew what real freedom was. But he chose to be faithful. He trusted God's plan even in the midst of persecution and great uncertainty. And I am walking this right now with my family. If I can leave anything with you today is to trust God in the midst of great uncertainty. He has called you. He loves you. He wants to use you. 
He wants to make you a Mordecai, an Esther, a Daniel, proclaiming his goodness. So we see here about Mordecai, how he was from the tribe of Benjamin, Esther 2, 5 through 7. He was carried out to exile and, and how he was part of that fourth generation, how Hadassah came into his care when her parents died. And we see in Esther 4 that Mordecai had learned, when Mordecai learned of all that had been done, he tore his clothes when he learned of Haman's plot and sackcloth and ashes, and he went into the city and wailed loudly and bitterly. He, was, he wept and grieved for his people in captivity, for his, the innocent that did not know true freedom, that those that were being persecuted, that those that had an evil plot. In every province to which the edict was, an order was given of the king to go ahead and annihilate the Jews at that time, Haman's evil plot, there was great mourning among the Jews and fasting and weeping and wailing. And there will be times you do not know what to do and you just need to weep before the Lord. Fast, pray, call those around you, say, I need you to fast and pray. I need you to fast and pray with me. This is what's going on. We thank you for fasting and praying with us. When Alvin was dying in the hospital of COVID, the Lord raised him up again. He's stronger than ever. When our little baby Faith, it would have been easy, you know, to leave in those situations, to feel afraid. And I really didn't know. I wish Faith was here with us today because she's a testimony. She's six, our little 16-month-old that was born over there. She, uh, her lungs began to rapidly fill with fluid. She had H1N1, a very severe case. And we just asked everybody, please pray. And many of you were a part of that. And the Lord did a miracle, and literally within six hours, it had changed, which is impossible. Her lungs were beginning to fill, and the doctor just said, it's not looking good. We don't know what's going to happen. And I didn't know, Lord, are you going to take my baby from me? And the Lord remembered, I gave her as a gift to you. You had prayed for one more daughter, and I gave her as a gift to you. And I will heal her. And I began to just proclaim that. I... I Put up a, a reel of us that is very vulnerable. I had no makeup on. It was like after being in the hospital, like for three days, looking crazy in the bed with her. But uh, we did that. We had that song in the background that the enemy, the enemy tried to take her, right? But Jesus was victorious. So we began to play that song. I began to tell all the nurses, all the Muslim nurses in that area, no, her name is Faith. Her name is faith, and this is what faith means, and this is why her name is faith, because we have faith in Jesus, and Jesus loves you. And so even in that, the Lord used that. So during the difficult, press into the Lord, run into the Lord, go with him. He will provide what you need for the victory. So Mordecai, again, was a leader of leaders. An important thing about Mordecai's anointing was that he was a turner. The Lord used him as a turner of the tides to do godly justice, and he was remembered as a great man of faith in the face of great personal heartache and persecution. And the Lord wants to use you today. He wants to use you here at Crossroads. He wants to use you as a turner of tides. We see our culture going one way. We see many people going the way of the world, and you say, oh, is this ever going to get better? We see what's going on in the Middle East, and it's easy just to say, okay, lock it up, throw away the key, let's start over. But the Lord has said, no, I have not forgotten my people. No, I am doing a work, and I want to use you to help bring that change that needs to be. 
So let's go ahead and pray right now. We're going to go ahead and enter into a time of corporate um, response. And what I want us to do is just to pray and to cry out to the Lord. If you are willing uh, to say, Lord, I will be a Mordecai, I will be a Daniel, I will be an Esther, whether that means that I'm serving in a hard area, when you open up opportunities to lead in justice and righteousness and grace and love, I'm going to take that opportunity as I know when I know it's from you, Lord. I'm not going to shy back. Maybe some of us, even I have been guilty at this at times, of shying away from from the opportunities that the Lord has given for whatever reasons, and say, Lord, I believe in what you're doing in my life. I believe that you are calling me to run with giants, that you have called me to be victorious, and I believe that you are calling me to help turn the tides, just like you did with Daniel, Esther, and with Mordecai. So let's go ahead and stand up, and let's just join in prayer right now. We're going to pray for a few minutes, and then we're going to praise the Lord as we go out today. Again, I want to just say thank you so much for sowing a seed of faith into the Middle East. The Lord is revealing himself. He's revealing himself to people there. He's revealing himself to people here in Morgan Hill, in the Bay Area, in Northern California. But he still wants to use you and me. He wants to use you and me to go to the unreached. So Lord, we just cry out to you. We say send me, Lord Jesus. And I know that the Crossroad family has been sent all over the globe, but Lord, I pray even for greater opportunities, greater influence, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Holy Spirit, I pray you would speak to hearts today. I pray that you would speak to hearts, that you would begin to open up the doors that were closed before, Lord. Yes, yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would give them influence in every arena of our society, Lord, here at home and abroad. Yes, Lord. The Lord has used many of you so mightily um, in different nations. He also wants to open new doors to use you in new mighty ways here, even in your own hometown. Yes, Lord. Mordecai grew up and knew only the imprisonment of exile. He was in a culture that he knew just darkness, but yet the Lord had him shine ever brighter. Yes, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray for people of wisdom and those that you are calling today. Lord, I pray for Mordecai's to come into their lives, those that you're calling to lead in different arenas like you did Queen Esther, Lord. Lord, those that are called to politically lead, those that are called to lead their families but may not know how, Lord, those that are called to be pastors, those that are called to lead in medical fields, in the business world, wherever you're calling them to lead, Lord, I pray right now that you will put people in their pathways, put people in their pathways to speak wisdom, to be a mentor, to be a voice of God in their lives, Lord. You are not going to do this alone, the Lord says, and I'm preaching to myself right now, too. The Lord is saying he is going to open up heaven and put resources. He's going to give you the abilities, the talents, 
He's going to send people to help equip, to give you the wisdom, to be the advisors of God in your life. He is going to give you the spiritual gifting and teach you how to hone that and use that. And when you don't know what to do, when everything seems pressed on your side, be like Daniel, Mordecai, Esther. Cry out to the Lord. Fast and pray, and he will bring the victory. walk through the door. I just need a door to open. So, Heavenly Father, we just pray that even today, this week, this year, that you will be opening divine doors. They may not look divine to the outside world even, but Lord, you are opening doors, Lord. Lord, I pray for open doors for schools, for some of our students or those that you're calling to go back to school to equip, to learn. I pray for open doors, Lord Jesus, for jobs and opportunities. And the Lord wants you to know it's not just a job, it's not just school, but it's a, it's a kingdom, it's a ministry that the Lord wants you to be a part of. It's, it's just like Daniel being taken away to a foreign land, that he wants you be an influence, to shine brightly. Oh, do not hide your light. I always sing that with my little ones, this little light of mine. Hide it under a bushel, no. But the enemy would want to try to shame us. The enemy would try to want to shut us down, sometimes even our own thoughts and experience. But like Daniel, choose to shine brightly. Choose righteousness. Choose righteousness. Choose to follow the Lord. Yes. Students, I want to encourage you to shine brightly on your campus. I asked Izzy if I could share this. He might be a little embarrassed, but I did ask him. But we've been homeschooling. We've been having a difficult time finding schools in the areas that we serve. And he, the Lord spoke to me here and at our home church that it was time that Izzy could start looking for a school. And my husband and I were really concerned because the schools near our area have a lot of gangs and have a lot of violence and teach a lot of strange things at public schools. But we wanted him to be a light. So he started going to a charter school. And this week, suddenly, like he's really friendly and um, he's a little shy at first, but a little, you're really friendly. And he got voted as the school president. And he could have said, I'm just a freshman, or no, I'm new. But he said, okay, God, okay. And we were just like shocked and surprised. But the Lord's students, he's going to open some of those doors. You may not be a school president, but you might be the president of your club, or you may be, you know, shining brightly in your classes. Go with God. The, the Lord wants to use you. Yes, Lord. So let's just all pray out. Oh, Lord, send us. Send us, Lord, wherever across the street or across the nations, Lord Jesus. Lord, use us, use us. We pray like you used Mordecai, like you used Daniel, like you used Esther in a land that is sometimes difficult to, to stand for you. Help us to stand powerfully, Lord, to not bow our knees the way of the enemy. Lord, we pray for opportunities to shine brightly for you. And now I just want us to praise the Lord. If you agree with that, let's praise him as we go out. And after this, you can be dismissed. 
and we are going to praise the Lord together. If you'd like prayer, you can come up for prayer after this song. Praise you, Jesus. Sing, there is no shadow. There is no shadow that has ever overcome your life. There is no rival that could ever stand against your mind. You've always been with us. Every battle you've already won, you've already won. There is no that has ever defeated you. There is no army with the power to conquer truth. You've always been with us. Every battle you've already won. You've already won. Say, show me. Show me one thing you can't do. Show me speed of life and in his kingdom every dead thing is bound to rise oh god our redeemer he is faithful to revive oh he will revive show me show me one thing he can't do show me So all of my fear I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out of it. I will crush disappointment, break every chain. All of my fear I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out of it. I will crush disappointment, break every chain. Break every chain. 
circumstances before us tell us but Lord we look to you and we trust that right now we're seated in the heavenlies so we believe on your word Father God we trust in your name and we reside in your kingdom God and we bring your kingdom to earth Lord as we pray Father God you are a good God and you're faithful and thank you for Jesus, who is revealing himself to the nations. He's revealing himself to our community. And we need to just continue to live out your light in our lives so that the world can see the truth about Jesus and the truth about us, that we are made in your image and that we were made to have Christ living on the inside. So, Father God, give us the opportunities. We ask for them, Father God. May we step forth in confidence. In all of our fear, Lord, we will turn it to praise because you are good. And in us, we can fail. But in you, God, you never fail. And anything is possible with you, Lord. So raise our eyes, raise our faith. Lord, to a greater level. And we thank you for this word today. And we bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a great week. Go out in faith. And we thank Lacey for her word. Go ahead and connect with her and Izzy after service. And have a great week. <laughs>